This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome to the Blood Red podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo, as we react to the latest news from Anfield with some big transfer news to get stuck into today. With Jamal Lewis having been firmly in the red sights, Michael Edwards turned away from that deal, instead looking to Greece and looking at Kostas Simikas and saying, the other one that I want, with the Reds now set to make the Olympiakos defender their first summer signing as Premier League champions. We'll get the latest on the deal, how it came about and where he fits into the master plan at Anfield. Joining myself, Guy Clark, is our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. Gorster, you've had a weekend off. I hope you've got plenty of rest in because it's a rather busy one to come back to. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um... I'm just marvelling at that intro, to be honest, guy. That was uh, masterful. Yeah, there's more to come. We've got our own beauty school dropout in Joe Rimmer with us as well. Joe, how are yeah. you? <laughs> You're on form today, aren't you? Very good, very good. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I was working yesterday. And, um, thankful for some transfer news. It, it, it made the made the working day a bit quicker anyway. Yeah, certainly it is. I, I mean, with the intros, you have to, to pull them out when the big news comes out and certainly what we've got. And the amount of podcasts we do as a pair, some may say we go together. Matt Addison, Matt, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Still uh, enjoying your intros. There's been a, a couple of good ones recently, but I think that one is probably the, the pick of the bunch. As I say, then we've got a lot to, to get into and it is, of course, transfer season and Liverpool have made their move. Gorsty Kostas Simakas coming in from Olympiakos, set to come in for his, his medical, not quite a done deal yet. But what's the latest on the deal? You are the man who has all the uh, information. Where are we at? Yeah, well, it was actually Theo Squires, wasn't it? Yesterday, most of the coverage, I was off off all weekend, and, and he stepped in. And, and to be fair, he, he was full of news, wasn't he? Um, I was told last last night that Simakas was actually flown into flown into England yesterday. There was medical, which is either taking place today or tomorrow. Um, a couple of people I spoke to today, a little bit a little bit tight lipped on that, should we say? But yeah, it looks like it's a deal that's going to get over the line. Um, 24-year-old Greek international, going to be a deputy to Andy Robertson. I think he'll he'll know that coming in that you know you're not going to dislodge Andy Robertson straight away, the Premier League champions and, and currently still the Champions League holders, aren't they? So he's going to come in and it's going to be some probably much needed backup to be honest for, for Robertson, who's had an entire season without a deputy to kind of uh, keep him on his toes. Uh, he hasn't really needed it. If we're honest, he's still had a fantastic season and being one of Liverpool's standout players but um, I do think when, when he doesn't play there's quite a lot missing to this Liverpool team so hopefully Simakas will kind of almost be like a Robertson light if you like and, and provide a similar kind of balance and pace and uh, willingness to get forward um, so it's 11.75 million is, is what we've been told uh, from people inside the club and someone close to the players actually suggesting it's going to be closer to 15 million which um, is an interesting one when you think that Liverpool walked away from the Jamal Lewis deal after 12 million was was rejected. But um, either way, they're, they're going to be bringing in a new left back, and it's uh, started the ball rolling on the on the summer window. Yeah, certainly, and Joe, they've moved really quickly with this as well, Liverpool, haven't they? Because middle of last week, we began to hear the the uh, the move towards Jamal Lewis. That seemed to fall away over the course of the weekend, and just as you were dusting yourself down and thinking, oh, well, that one might not be happening. Immediately, this sort of seemed to spring up out of nowhere that it was, as Gorsty says, flying in for a medical. Yeah, it all developed quite quickly yesterday. It seemed, um, I think he was someone that they've, they've watched for a long, long time, and he was one of four people on, on a short list. I think Lloyd Kelly and um, the, the Real Madrid fullback who, who's been on loan at 
Severe, uh, I can't quite pronounce his name, were also there. But um, everything about Chimikas, I, I believe it's pronounced, not Simikas. I've seen a couple of um, a couple of Greek Liverpool supporters correcting Theo yesterday, so Chimikas. Uh, seems quite promising, um, and I think for the price of it, the age, um, you know, he comes in with, with decent Champions League experience and um, has actually played four times in the last year or so against English teams. Obviously, he's played that Wolves game, Tottenham, uh, Arsenal, and then he played at Turf Moor against Burnley as well in the Europa League. So he's got he's got plenty of experience. So I, I think I think it seems to make a lot of sense, um, and I, I think the idea with, with Norwich is. You know, I feel a bit sorry for Jamal Lewis. He obviously had his heart set and moved to Liverpool, but I think Liverpool stick to their guns. They stick to their valuations. And however, you know, we might say, oh, well, it's only five million or so's difference. But I think for Liverpool, it's about being principled and it's about, you know, if you've got a valuation, sticking to it. And, and that's what they've done. They've walked away. They've they've moved swiftly and they've moved on. So um, excited to see what he can bring. You know, you end up watching these little YouTube videos, don't you? You can't really help it. And, he looks good, you know. He looks aggressive, very similar to, to Robertson. Seems to um, dribble with the ball really well, gets a lot of crosses in. And um, Josh from the Analyzing Anfield podcast has put together a piece for us later on. I was just having a little read of that, and some really promising um, statistics. Um, and you know, of, of the four who um, who have mentioned that we're on the full shortlist, yeah, he only came second to the, the guy from Real Madrid, as you know, in terms of like, combined numbers and. Looks very, very promising and very, very similar to Andy Robertson and just the perfect man for Liverpool's style of play. So, altogether, I, I, it just has the, the feeling, you know, and, and perhaps we're just so used to it now, of, of another Liverpool um, bargain transfer. You know, 12, 12 million for a lad with Champions League experience is, is really, really good. So, um, I think Michael Edwards and Liverpool will be very pleased if they can finish this one off and get it over the line. Yeah, and to me, Matt, the feeling really with this one is it just underlines how prepared Liverpool are going into transfer windows. It's not just a, a one target in mind if they can, as Joe said, pull off a bargain. They've got a list of players and if one falls through, i.e. Jamal Lewis, they've immediately got another name on the list that they feel equally as, as sort of compatible with the side to bring in. Yeah, it was such a, an important position, wasn't it, to fill? Because you think of, of Andy Robertson and the impact that he's had on Liverpool. There's not too many gaps to fill in this squad, but there's not too many left-sided defenders in the world, really, who can do a similar sort of job to him. So, you know, as much as Liverpool did have a, a short list, it was a very short list of, of players who probably were in that right-priced sort of bracket, but at the same time had the, the same skill set as, as what Andy Robertson has. So, well, Robertson's played, you know, nearly a hundred games over the last couple of seasons. It was always obvious that that he was going to have to to take a break at some point. And I think, judging from you know the the sort of limited number of you know appearances that we've seen from Shimakas, it, it seems like he could be someone who will come in and, and play a similar style. He's not going to be you know as good as Andy Robertson, but that's not what the sort of purpose of, of buying him is. The, the whole point really is that he can come in and, and make enough of an impact and, and probably be better suited, or certainly be better suited to that role than someone like James Milner or, or Nico Williams, who's sort of had to slot in at certain times. So, yeah, when you think of the number of matches that Liverpool play, Andy Robertson can't play twice a week, every week for a full season. It's going to be a case of, of giving him as much time on the pitch as, as possible. And you know, at the same time, he will need time to, to bed in, but you'd imagine that process will be fairly quick as as Joe says Champions League experience that sort of thing it it could be you know a, a really important buy and 
you know, from I know you speaking to to a Greek journalist this morning, you know, he was full of enthusiasm for for how good he is. But I thought it was interesting as well that he seemed to suggest that they would have been hoping for maybe closer to, to 20 million before the coronavirus pandemic and, and maybe that price tag had been brought down. So I don't know how much of a, an impact that might have made on the on the, the deal taking place potentially, but yeah, certainly as much as we haven't seen loads of the player, I think you've just got to trust that, that Michael Edwards knows exactly what he's doing and potentially it could be another Liverpool bargain. Yeah, certainly does seem that way. Costas, Shimikas, whether he goes as Costas, Shimikas, or even Shimmy, he'll be looking to to shimmy his way into the Liverpool side goals. See, that is for certain as Joe Rimmer covers his uh, covers his eyes with that one. But in terms of the point Matt was making there, it was something even right from the return in Project Restart after the lockdown that Liverpool did miss that deputy to Andy Robertson. We've already referenced it enough on on the pod in terms of James Milner in that position. He's been a brilliant deputy for Jurgen Klopp to rely on, but he's he's getting on in age, but also he isn't left-footed, is he? No, he's he's a 34-year-old midfielder playing left-back and it's not, not his game, is it? And it's weird to think that he played an entire season there and, and Liverpool still managed to finish fourth because... Really, is a square peg in a round hole. It doesn't really suit him. Um, but Milner being Milner, he obviously, you know, went about his task as as, as professionally and, and as as well as he could. Um, so I, th- I think bringing in Shimakash is is a smart move. I think um, I think on the right side, Liverpool are well stocked. Aren't they? They've got obviously Trent and, and Nico Williams emerging. Joe Gomez, if he absolutely has to, can play there. Um, so the left back was was the more pressing concern of the two full back positions, and as as we say, he does seem very Robertson esque in some of his qualities. He won't be as good, but you know, who is going to be as good as Andy Robertson is at the moment? It's just going to be a almost a. It's not going to unbalance the team too much, even when he does come in for Robertson. It might be a little bit of a, of a downgrade in overall quality, but it's not going to be too much of a detriment to the team if you think. Uh, he's going to play in the cup games, isn't he? So you know, for the excuse me, the FA Cup and the, the League Cup. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think Robertson played forty nine of Liverpool's fifty seven games last season. So th- there is scope there for for Shimakasta to play. Um, I think sometimes Robertson was probably asked to play when when he perhaps wasn't one hundred percent. I know he had an ankle injury around about November time that he that was nursed very carefully, and he missed a few training sessions as a result. And you know, if that happens now, then he'll just sit it out and, and get back to full fitness as quickly as possible and Shimmer can come in. So that, that's the beauty of having two uh, senior specialist left-backs. And um, while Jamal Lewis was the, the first-choice target, I think Liverpool looked at it and felt that there was a little bit more value to be found in the European markets. And um, it was referenced behind the scenes that, you know, Everton's £17 million deal for Luca Dean from Barcelona um, when Liverpool would have been playing 20 for, for someone who's just been relegated in the Premier League, which, OK, was not directly down to Jamal Lewis, but uh, Liverpool just feel that they can kind of unearth a little bit more quality looking elsewhere. And it highlights, again, sort of the homework the recruitment team do, Joe, in terms of how long they've been tracking this player. He's no longer a Liverpool player, Pedro Chiravea, but this one might go down as a Chiravea assist, given he was on loan at Willem Trey with uh, Shimikas, what sort of three seasons ago, and Liverpool ever since then have been keeping keeping an eye on him. Yeah, maybe even a, a little bit of a stroke of luck. Liverpool went out there to watch Chiri Vela, and you know, obviously, we're alerted to uh, Chimikas, and and yeah, I've watched him since then. And and obviously, 
done a hell of a lot of homework. We know that they do that for players, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't just Chirivello as well. Uh, Pep Linders was on his you know, years long um, staying back in Holland as a manager, and and I believe that Jeannie Wijnaldum's brother as well played alongside Jimmy Cass. So you know, quite a few little links there for Liverpool. But yeah, I mean, just just going back to what you said earlier as well. I mean, he might be a second choice in, in inverted commas to, to to Jamal Lewis, but I think the way Liverpool work is that perhaps isn't so much such a thing as, as second choices. I think that Liverpool identify a, a varying amount of players who fit into their, their system and then see who they get the best value for. And we've seen before, you know, Mohamed Salah was technically a second choice um, when Liverpool were negotiating for Julian Brandt. Um, Andy Robertson was technically a second choice when Liverpool tried to sign Ryan Sessegnon. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the lads could probably name a couple of others just that they were just off the top of my head. And I think that's because Liverpool's recruitment team is so good and, you know, the, it's so data-driven that, the, that they find players in the same mould with very similar statistics and then go out and watch them and, and, and make their minds up and then do their homework on character. I believe that with Jamal Lewis, that Liverpool had done their homework on not just the, the, the type of football he was, but also the type of man he was, how he conducted himself. And they were very, very impressed and thought that he had, you know, bags of potential to improve under Jürgen Klopp. Um, and they obviously feel the same way about Chimikas. So it's going to be interesting to watch him develop. But, you know, I, that's, that's why, you know, you're so confident now, isn't you, when Liverpool go and, and sign someone. Even if you haven't heard much about them, there's always this feeling that they're going to be good because they barely ever sign duds. And I think as well, the, the other thing to remember when you're getting, when you're signing people for decent value is that Liverpool will be very well aware that, let's say things don't work out, Further down the line for Chimikas at Liverpool, and they only pay 12 million. Well, they won't stand to lose that much. You know, they'll, they'll probably get a decent fee back for him should they decide to sell him on. So I think there's a lot of play, and I think Liverpool are very, very clever when it comes to transfers. And perhaps talk of second choices isn't, isn't quite correct, but I do think Liverpool um, plan things out very, very well in the transfer market. Yeah, very interesting point. Get your take, Gorsty, in a moment on that. I think everyone probably wants to have their, their say on that the way in which Liverpool operate in the window. And Matt, your sort of take on it, because as Joe said, there are a few players immediately for me, I think of the deal that Liverpool wanted to do for Alex Tejera. And then obviously that didn't happen. They go a different way with Roberto Firmino moving into a number nine position, already evolving the squad. They do seem to have these, as Joe said, maybe not fair to call them second choice, maybe alternatives that if one move doesn't come off, they can they can move for another. Yeah, I think you can add Peter Ozielinski and Genie Wijnaldum and then Sadio Mane and Mario Goetze to that list as well. So, you know, this almost in every position that Liverpool have, whoever they've bought, there's always been this sort of list of, of three or four names of, of alternatives. And I suppose it, it almost helps in the negotiations. Certainly, you know, Jamal Lewis, maybe another club that wasn't quite as, as strong as Norwich might have, you know, conceded and, and let the player go. But Norwich were more than happy to, to hold out for that 20 million. They were in a very strong position, but equally Liverpool were in a very strong position because they weren't pinning their hopes all on one player. They were more than happy to almost use that as a bargaining tool and try and get the best value and, and choose, the, choose the best player from you know whichever club ended up being the right one. So, yeah, look, we know Liverpool are, are one of the best teams in, in terms of recruitment. We've seen that time and time again. And, you know, I, I can only say it again, you know, you, you just... You trust Michael Edwards, you trust what the, the recruitment team have done and everything coming out of Greece appears to suggest that this is the right player at the right time for Liverpool and I suppose you, you can only go off the facts and what we know. 
judging from what we've seen, he seems to be the right type of player. The statistics, the numbers, the data all back that up. And the fact that he's 24 as well, he's almost in that perfect sort of age group where he's experienced enough to come and, and make an impact at Liverpool, but he's not quite reached his peak and Liverpool can still mould him into something else. So, yeah, look, it, it's going to be really interesting. I suppose the difference with this transfer is that he is a player who has only really played at left-back. He's not really played in any other position. I know Lloyd Kelly was one that, that Liverpool looked at and quite often in the past they've looked at players that can play in a couple of different positions, but you know, maybe this was just a special case where they just needed a specialist left back and, and that's what they've gone and got. So we will see if, if Jurgen Klopp does sort of transform him into maybe a left-sided centre-back or, or a winger or something else. But yeah, certainly, first and foremost, he's there to, to provide backup to Andy Robertson. Yeah, specialist left back and crucially a left footer in the team. There aren't too many of those. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. In terms of the way that Liverpool have worked with this deal and brought in Shimikas, it, it does show that, I've, I mean, we've been doing podcasts from our kitchens, our living rooms ever since lockdown and all of the interaction we always get is who are Liverpool signing, when are they signing them? There's always this sort of fanfare and demand for, for signings, but it proves that even in this restricted market, Liverpool keep their cool in the market and they make sure they get the right man. Yeah, undoubtedly, I think... Um... I think we, we get a lot of questions don't we, about who Liverpool are going to sign and it's not always as, as simple as a team have got someone in mind for six to eight months. There'll be so many players who are scouting at, at the, the same time. But Liverpool have just had four options there for, for the left-back position um, and they could have easily have, have looked at Jamal Lewis. You know, if, if that offer's accepted, then we're not talking about Jim McCassier. It's very fluid and it's very... Uh, very fast in terms of the way things change in, in, in the transfer window. So it's not always as easy as saying this is who Liverpool are targeting because it very really happens like that. I mean, I can only think of two. I mean, Matt, they just mean a handful of players who um, Liverpool could have had and, and they've ended up going down a different route. The only two who Liverpool were, were steadfast in their kind of determination to get was, was Alisson and Van Dijk. And, and they're the two transfers who... Um, the two most expensive in Liverpool history for the start. They are two who are the best in their position in the world. And the two who Jürgen Klopp was called slam dunks. They were the ones that they, they had to be slam dunks. Um, they've, of course, proven that, but it's not always a a thing where you have player A and, and you, you're chasing for six to eight months. It, 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 it's players who fit into styles, isn't it? As Joe says there, Liverpool have got a, a very... Specific way of playing, and they get players who fit that mould with their skill set. And um, they don't bring players to the club and then try and figure out what they're all about. And I think that has at times been a problem for Liverpool over the years. It's not like that at all now, where players are very studiously scouted um, across the numbers and you know the eye test, as they say, with the scouts. So uh, it all kind of combines to make sure that Liverpool's recruitment is is one of the best in world football. Well, Nikos Mastro has got in touch with us. He says, greetings from Greece. He's an Olympiakos fan. He says, I truly believe that you'll be impressed with the quality of Shimikas. In order to understand him better, you need to try and watch full games. And he points out his, his best sort of attributes are his stamina and also his passion. It does sound familiar with Andy Robertson. And we have... Earlier today on the, the Blood Red channel, caught up with Themis Kassaris, who is a uh, Greek football expert and did give us the lowdown. He does get the feeling that 
He is, as you said before, Gorsty, a uh, Andy Robertson light. If you do want to check that out, do uh, find it on the, the Blood Red channel. But Gorsty, come back to you then and we'll move on from Shimikas and talk more broadly on transfers. And I suppose a lot of Reds listening into this will be hoping that this is now the war chest being opened, Liverpool strengthened when you're at your strongest and that there's going to be a flurry of activity. You're going to tell me that that's maybe a bit pie in the sky at the moment. Yeah, I think it is. I think... The fact that Liverpool have, have turned away from, from the fee that was quoted for Jamal Lewis and, and they've looked elsewhere. Um, the fee is not too far away what they've got for Lovren. Lovren was just shy of 11 million, I think, and this is 11.75. So it's very much about balancing the books. Um, fans won't want to hear it, but it is the truth of the matter. And it's not just Liverpool who are going to be doing the same thing. So um, it's, it's, it's a good start. It's, um, let, let, let's see what happens. I think... There's always been a kind of realisation that Liverpool are going to have to wait and see and wait it out and see who they can kind of offload and see, you know, what happens with certain situations. Ian Klopp was saying a couple of weeks ago that if there's going to be any significant movements, it's going to be later on in the window, which runs until the first week of October. So um, still best part of two months before it, it shuts. So plenty of time to kind of weigh it up and see what happens, but I don't anticipate any um, mega money deals. Mega money deals, war chests being open, the transfer Grim Reaper, Paul Gorse strikes again, Joe Rimmer. It, it, it is one of those, it does seem with Liverpool, that the left-back was a position that they've been looking at for a while that they needed to fill. They've done that now, and maybe the uh, the inclination being, as Gorsty said, that they'll move bodies on before they then bring any further additions in. Definitely, yeah. I mean, the other thing, you know, quite often about Liverpool's recruitment that is, is, is so impressive is that they're not just very good at getting good fees the players coming in that they're excellent at getting the best value for, for when players when they sell them so you know I think that there are several players there um, Harry Wilson uh, Jaden Shakiri, Divock Origi perhaps you know players that come to mind that I think Liverpool will be open to offers for and if they can get decent fees then we may see that reinvested and you know I, I think I mean Gorsi will know more but the lad Sarr at Watford um, is someone that they've looked at and you know, I think they need that sort of player of backup for the front three, and I think a move for someone like him probably very much depends on the on the likes of Harry Wilson and Jaden Jakiri moving out the club. And if they get a twenty million each for one of, for those two players, then you know, I think that that money goes straight back in, and and they bring in signings. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I do think again that people seem to think, oh, the, the sell to buy model is is almost penny pinching, but it's not. It's just being clever, and it's just you know, there's nothing worse than and buying duds who then you, you can't get value back for. And and Liverpool should be praised for the way that they do business. They they do it very well very well. They are very clever. And even I thought eleven million for Dejan Lovren, who's thirty one and a bit Liverpool had an option on his contract to extend that they hadn't. So he only had one year left. Um so again, great value. Um so Liverpool will keep doing that and I should imagine now we'll we'll sit and wait and see whether you know, I think Leeds are meant to be interested in Harry Wilson and, and whether that sort of interest is realised and, and if it is then we could start seeing Liverpool do some things again but but luck as well you know Gorsi said towards the end of the window you know Klopp, Klopp says, says, said that, that could be when um, other transfers happen and there's a lot of variables for Liverpool you know the end of the window is not till October we don't know when fans will return to stadiums we you know we don't know what the market will look like come October um, there are plenty of other you know the, the Obviously, the Nike deal has been a huge success for Liverpool. Um, they're going to release an away and a, and a third kit. And there'll be 
those sorts of sales, you know, so there'll be a lot going on for Liverpool uh, and a lot of ways they can make money between now and October. And I'm pretty sure they'll be, um, they'll have targets in mind and when they're ready, just like they, as they have for uh, Chimikas, they'll move quickly and, and um, we'll probably be quite surprised and quite um, happy with the, with the moves that they do make. So, you know, I, I think you need to take a relaxed view and, and I think Liverpool will, will surprise us and, and do some good business, if not, mega money deals as Gorsi said yeah and Joe makes a good point there Matt in terms of with Jurgen Klopp a German at the helm Liverpool just very efficient in how they run the squad you've got players like or a player like Rian Brewster coming back maybe into the squad for next season and actually this whole sell to buy model whilst we'll probably get accused of being FSG apologists is is more one of those things where actually the club are being self-sufficient being clever and making sure there's no deadwood just lying around yeah, exactly. That, especially at times like these with coronavirus and that sort of thing, it's just about really being sensible in the transfer market. I think you know sometimes, particularly on Twitter, you sort of see as much criticism for Liverpool not spending as you do for teams like Manchester United. You know, handing out huge contracts to Alexis Sanchez and things like that. So, I mean, really, Liverpool should be praised if anything for for not going out and, and spending when it's unnecessary. And, you know, for me, it all goes back to one thing, and, and that is that Liverpool are the champions of the Premier League. They've won it by 18 points. They don't desperately need to spend. The fact that they're not spending and, and teams around them may well end up spending huge amounts of money really is just an indication of how far behind the other teams are compared to Liverpool. So, look, Jurgen Klopp is, is more than happy. Michael Edwards is more than happy with the transfer budget and that sort of thing that Liverpool have got to work with. And when you look at the job that both of them have done over the last couple of seasons, I think if they're happy with it and they're content to go again next season with these players and, and with little sort of players added in here and there like Shimakas, then frankly, Liverpool fans should be happy with that and, and should just trust really the job that they've done. So, yeah, we've always said all along we don't expect Liverpool to go out and spend huge amounts of money, but that isn't necessarily a bad thing for me. If anything, that is a good thing. Yeah, and without wanting to get overly excited too early, Gorsty, we've spoken here about Shimikas being maybe Robertson light. I know you wrote last week about interest in Ishmael Asara Watford maybe being Sadio Mane light, I don't know. But the fact that obviously Harry Wilson, his name's been talked about as interest, as Joe said, from Southampton and Leeds over the course of the weekend. There are Liverpool players who aren't all too involved in the squad, but are garnering interest from other clubs. Yeah, it's 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 a reason why Liverpool are always keen to um, get the players to sign the contract extensions when they go on loan. It just basically preserves the value, doesn't it? So they're not on loan for a year and they, they've knocked five million off their resale value because they've been playing for someone else. So um, yeah, it, it does sound as though Liverpool are quite bullish in terms of what they want for Wilson and Gruwich. It's either um, they're looking to sell them permanently or. They'll, they'll get a chance next season. Um, I, I'm a little bit unsure of that because it's not going to be a traditional pre-season where Liverpool have got six to eight games playing against a range of, of opposition to, to give the, these players a go and see if they can fit in. Liverpool, it's, it's all very much about getting their top stars fit as quickly as possible for that restart because they're playing the Community Shield in, in three weeks' time. So um, I think... I think a lot of these players are almost looked at as bargaining chips at the moment because they're not awash with funds and not a lot of teams are. So it's almost, you know, can we can we offload these players and kind of reinvest that into the budget? 
um, because it's, it's a summer unlike any other, isn't it? Let's face it, um, there's only a handful of teams who are going to be able to operate as normal. Um, City and Chelsea, obviously, being the two big ones. Manchester United, sort of, but we're hearing that they're going to be locked in negotiations for Jane Sancho for some time because they're not prepared to go anywhere near what Dortmund wants. So um, maybe the likes of Harry Wilson and, and Jane Ancheri are being seen, as Joe says, as players who can, who can bring in some... Uh, some um, for, for transfers. I suppose fair to say though, Joe, probably that if there is one issue or one area that Liverpool fans do want to probably see strengthened, it is still at the heart of defence with Dejan Lovren leaving. It does feel as though that is probably the one area where Liverpool are short at the moment. Absolutely, yeah. I, th- I think, you know, I think that the, the alternative to the front three is, is a bit of a luxury, but a centre-half, I think now is a must, um, especially as, you know, Joe Matip and, and Joe Gomez um, are both had, the, had their fair share of injuries in the past few years. So, you know, I, I think they really do need to go out and get someone, and someone with de- a decent amount of experience. Uh, I know Paul said that they've been watching um, Ben White at Leeds, who was impressed a hell of a lot. And there's someone that, you know, if, if they could get him for the right price, and again, the price, I think you pay a premium for, for young English players. And, and I think Brighton would want a premium for him. But if, he could, if they could get him for the right price, it would be very, very good. So, um, you know, I think they certainly need a centre half. Uh, just just picking back up on some of the loan things as well. I think another good point to make on that is that you know, I think Chelsea used to loan, use the loan market very very well, and um, they made a lot of money through loaning players and selling them. Um, but perhaps they weren't as deliberate as Liverpool in the sense that they lost good players, didn't they? They lost Mo Salah, they lost they lost Kevin De Bruyne, um, to the name just two. So Romelu Lukaku was another one who has gone on to have a decent career elsewhere. So you know, I think. I think with Liverpool, they're a lot more deliberate in the sense that they loan players and you know that they, they know that if they're going to sell someone on, they're not going to miss them further down the line. Um, so, you know, I, I don't suppose there'll be anyone Liverpool will sell to raise money for transfers for the heart of defence or for um, a, a, an alternative to the front three that they will massively miss. Um, but by the same token, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether someone like Grurich, especially Grurich, I mean, he's someone that, that does intrigue me. He's been there since... Since Klopp came in, almost you know for his first signing, uh, technically, and, and we haven't seen much of him. You know, he's, he's done quite well in the Bundesliga. I think he's sort of been quite, you know, been quite impressive there. So I do wonder whether he could fit in at Liverpool and, and be a decent alternative. But that midfield's well stocked, isn't it? So yeah, um, I think Liverpool have used the loan market very, very well. Um, but to answer your first question, the centre half is an absolute must. Yeah, well, Leeds, I think, did have a £22 million bid for Ben White, knocked back by Brighton. So we'll have to, to keep eyes on that one. But it does look as though Joe said that Brighton probably will be commanding a, a premium fee for him. But in terms of what Joe said there, Matt, in terms of loaning players out and developing them, before they get loaned out, they have to come through the under-23s. And today, Liverpool have announced that Gary O'Neill is going to be joining Barry Lutz's coaching staff. Yeah, it's uh, an important uh, announcement, isn't it? Obviously, the under-23 season was cut short uh, last season because of coronavirus. The last few games didn't manage to get played out, but uh, they are now back in training. And yeah, Gary O'Neill is somebody who uh, obviously has a lot of experience in the game. I know he's done a lot of punditry and that sort of thing, but he's always made clear that he wants to move back into to coaching and that sort of thing. And yeah, I believe he was at Portsmouth at the same time that Michael Edwards was coming through there as a young analyst as well. So potentially, you know, there's some sort of link there and, and maybe Michael Edwards has 
gone back to somebody that he knew in the past. So, yeah, certainly it's uh, an interesting appointment and I'm sure we'll uh, get the opportunity to speak to him and, and Barry Lutus once the, the new season begins. But, yeah, certainly one to keep an eye on. Yeah, what Barry, uh, sorry, what Michael Edwards doesn't know and who he doesn't know in football probably doesn't seem to be uh, worth knowing about. Well, that's it from us here on this edition of the Blood Red podcast. Thanks to Paul Gorsh, Joe Rimmer and Matt Addison, as always. If you want to get even more news on Costas Shimikas, then do check out the uh, Liverpool Echoes Twice Daily newsletter. You can find the link for signing up to that in the description of this podcast. So do go and sign up and you'll get news directly into your inbox. Alternatively, as I said before, you can check out the podcast we did earlier with Themis Kessaris, the uh, Greek football expert who can give us the full lowdown. But that's it from us here on this edition of the Blood Red podcast. Thanks for your time and company. Till next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.